have the Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roller with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank? They look great in person, and I uh, just can't wait to next year we, we can pack it full of 25,000. Hey, Bob, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guys Day. It was being ranked. I mean, how do you lose? This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. There you have it. This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast, episode number 108. We have just concluded week number 17. We are moving on to week number 18. And if you're still in a fantasy playoff right now, get out of that league. There's no need for playoff leagues in week number 18. In fact, you should be focusing your attention on fantasy playoff leagues right about now, not finishing off your fantasy championship in week number 18. Now, before we get into a little bit of an announcement here, Tara, how did you make out for your championships this last week? I did not. I did not. Um, yeah, and it was kind of shocking, really. I had, unfortunately, um, Kirk Cousins got me. He got me by not playing and taking away my Justin Jefferson. Uh, Tua got me, taking away my Waddle. It's just not a good week. I wish that last week was the championship. Um yeah, it's a bad sign when you have teams that score like 200 points and then you know like the next week is inevitably like 100. <laughs> that that never fails. See, I had the opposite. Like I did, I won four championships here. I was in six of them, but I also was in like 40 leagues. So <laughs> the number, the ratio is not so good. I like to brag with four championships, but that means there's like 36 <laughs> others that I didn't win along the way. But I had quite the opposite. In a lot of those leagues where I had good teams, I stunk it up in that first round. But if you took the points for in the next two games, I would have won every matchup at the next highest score each week after the wild card, that first round of playoffs. So a little bit of a kick in the butt, a little salt in the wound there as far as fantasy goes on my end of things. But I will luckily... Say, I will say I will admit, shout out to my brother who beat me in our redraft home league. <laughs> that must mean you didn't make any trades with him along the way then. I trained him well. I trained him well. Uh, he killed it. He did very well. <laughs> well, that's great because Jay, Jay deserves a big victory there in that home league. It was his time. Yes. <laughs> but for those who have not reached fantasy glory this year and you want that one more opportunity to do so, we over at the Dynasty Vipers are offering that up to everyone right now. We have our fourth annual charity playoff league going down right now. Uh, with a little bit of a donation there, $20 donation. There's some prize money that comes into it all, but we've got some fantastic prizes from, you know, Scott Fish. He's got something offered up there. We've got Trophy Smack, DLF, Dynasty Nerds, Fantasy Points. Shout out to the Fantasy Points Media Group, who bring you this show each and every week. Dynasty Trade Calculator, FF Podshirts, Football Guys, Roto-Viz, IDP Guys, Viridian Global, the astronaut himself. He's got a little bit of data uh, offering up there for everyone to joining in here we have prizes coming up we don't know what to do with all these prizes that's how many prizes we got we got prizes for where you finish we got weekly prizes involved in this and the key to this all is a portion of all this money that is raised is going right back into the fantasy football community to a member of our community who is deaf in need at this time so we are going to help out everyone get a little bit of prizes going on there have a little bit more fun and there is that one more chance to 
kind of flex your fantasy supremacy, so to speak. Tara, I know uh, lots of people on Twitter, they're calling you out for this. Uh, I know you're in. I, I We've got that going on. But there's <laughs> lots of people. Coop, he's talking trash. Uh, he's coming in there. What do you guys <laughs> say about Coop there? Uh, I'm going to snipe him on tight ends. That's a specialty right there. Um, and I am. I, that's going to be my main goal right there. I hope we are together. I hope we're drafting. And I plan to just – I don't care how early. It's funny. I was just talking um, with Howard, basically saying that I am – Still team fade tight end. Um, but in this situation, I might have to go early just to snipe Coop on his favorite tight ends. Well, see, this is a unique situation here because it's basically like a DFS style playoff format where you got to only pick one player one time the entire playoffs. So you need to make sure you've got in your head who is going to the Super Bowl or else you may not have anyone to play that last week of the tournament. So you could go heavy off the get-go and then all of a sudden, everyone you got got eliminated. That's great. You almost want to pick a guy who's going to get eliminated because then no one else can use it. So if you use Patrick Mahomes in the first round and he gets eliminated in the first round, no one else gets him and you can move on to the next quarterback. So it's basically a one and done where when they're eliminated, they can no longer be used. So fading tight ends, it could work. Maybe save mm-hmm. yourself a couple of big tight ends here a little bit later down the road. But it's a very unique type format, a little DFS, so you're in it each and every week. That's why we have a prize each and every week to the high score. So just because you may be in last place or in this thing, it doesn't mean you're out of the prize pool. So that's one of the great things about this, this playoff league itself is everyone's in it right to the end no matter what. And what we have right now is we've got a few teams that are still in it to win it right into the end. What games are you looking forward to this week here? Because week 17 – Set up some interesting matchups here that have serious playoff implications on the line. You got Los Angeles and San Francisco. If San Francisco wins and the Cardinals win their matchup, then also the Cardinals take home field advantage. The Rams get slid down. You've got to win it and you're in it matchup between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers going on Sunday night. You got an interesting Philadelphia Eagles Dallas Cowboys game kicking off on Saturday. What's the one game that you're looking forward to this week? I mean, you're you're a Packers fan, so you're basically sitting you're you're comfortable. You're playing the Detroit <laughs> yeah. Lions and could you lose to the Lions this week? Uh, I mean, it's possible. I mean, you're faced with the reality of this not really mattering, so players could sit um and even if they don't, they could not play very long into the game. So I guess it really just depends. I think we're going to see that with a couple of situations. Um you know, Buffalo could be doing that, although I do think they're still kind of in contention for maybe a slightly higher seed. But it'll be interesting to see who's who's going full throttle and who's kind of mailing it in a little bit. Um, I don't know if I'm interested more so in the teams that are vying for playoff spots as much as I am maybe looking at these teams that are looking at some potential changes at quarterback in 2022. Like I'm kind of looking at maybe – an interesting uh, Miami-New England game where Tua's kind of got to redeem himself. Uh, he had gotten the Dolphins into the playoffs and then swiftly booted them out. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, you know, when there's all these rumors going around, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing if he can kind of maybe give himself one last hurrah to leave people with kind of a happy note rather than a sour one to try and save his job moving forward. Speaking of saving their jobs, Major, you got some explaining to do. You're late to the show again. What's up, bud? Uh, I think you put a couple links in. I clicked one link. I'm waiting in the thing like, hey, where's everyone at? Like, I was doing that. And I, I checked Twitter. I was I like, I don't know. 
It's too much. I, I said that second link because I was like, I don't know if you checked the first link, so I better send a second link here just to make sure he's on the ball here. But we're just talking about these matchups this week. What eighteen is kind of what week eighteen is giving to us right now after everything we're looking and dealing with. What's the one matchup that you're looking for? Are you big into the San Francisco Los Angeles Rams matchup, or is there another one you're kind of no, eyeballing? It, that's the one I'm on right there. That's the game of the week. Um, you got the Niners who's looking to to solidify that playoff spot. And uh, you have the Rams that's just the that's on fire right now. So it's going to be a really good game. And for me, of course, the homer in me is looking at that Sunday nighter. The last playoff spot is on the line. The Raiders, the Chargers, whoever wins that game has punched their ticket into the playoffs. And I don't know what I want to bet on. You know what I mean? We got the, the the point spread is I think right now three points for the Chargers here. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, do I want to bet on the Chargers and be happy if the Raiders win? Or do I want to double down on the Raiders here against the point spread as well and possibly be disappointed? Now, if you're a Raiders fan like I am, you are used to disappointment. Years and years of disappointment usually follow along with it. So we don't have very high expectations. We, we hope for the best. But we also brace ourselves for the worst when it comes down to it. I know Major, your dad, he's a Raiders fan, I believe. What's his thoughts going in? A Raiders fan? Yeah, uh, I'm claiming your dad is a Raiders fan here. Oh, yeah, my dad is a Raiders fan, and he's um I don't know. He's I haven't spoken to him about this game. I don't know. He's he's happy that the team is relevant again, but I don't know. He still has his uh reservations there. Well, speaking of reservations here, I'm looking back at our bold predictions from week number 17. <laughs> Terry, you were close. You were close. I think AJ Dillon was a top 10. Aaron Jones <sighs> was RB21 in PPR because that's all that matters. So that's a that's a big you know X there on that whole thing. You just heard Major go off of the sound effects. So close, but yeah. yet so far away. He's a little jealous. Um, you know... <laughs> depending depending on your scoring format like if you were in one of those leagues with a whole bunch of with a whole bunch of trumped up you know first down bonuses and whatnot um which i might have been playing in one of those so i know this for a fact he actually was a top 20 running back so you know what man i'm gonna i'm gonna count it as a win i got a whole lot closer i feel than everybody else um Major's bold prediction like wasn't even like humanly possible we're talking Uh, about yours right now we're not talking about mine we're talking about yours right now I feel pretty good about mine. I, I count that as like a, um, if a win is worth one point, I think I got like 0.97 on that one. So uh, I'm rounding up. I'm good to go. Wow. Well, I know how to round up from zero and it's still zero. So major, can you explain <laughs> your, uh, your bold prediction? I think it's going to happen. I think it was a week too early. Um, it, <laughs> it was, he was going to do it. If he would have played the game, he would have scored a touchdown. It would have been a great story. I was I was going with the NFL storylines. You know, sometimes you got to play those those storylines. The NFL's big on that. So it didn't work this week, but hey, there's always next week. There's always, there's always next week. And I'm not counting on my prediction to come true this week either. I had three Rams receivers with 100 yards, and I got none. Cup, 95. Van Jefferson, 63. Odell Beckham <laughs> Jr., 39, and a mean right hook. <laughs> but they say go go bold or go home so i've been going bold each and every week and i think my final total was one correct 
bold prediction throughout the season. So I'm if I'm making a bold prediction, you're probably wise not to be listening to me. <laughs> but you're, you're right. They were the boldest. He just goes they too bold. Hey, you got to, like I said, no risk it, no biscuit, Bruce Arians. And you know how Bruce Arians feels about things. So you should have biscuits get... when you're at home, man. Like just relax and eat your biscuits and relax. So I got to ask this then. Do you think Bruce Arians went home and had some biscuits at, when he left New York? Yes. Maybe <laughs> some whiskey. So at least he left. Talking... There were some of them who didn't leave the state. So <laughs> that is true. Well, one, it went to Brooklyn, right? That's how that broke down. <laughs> And at least Arians left the field with a shirt on. That's another bonus because I don't know if anyone wants to see Bruce Arians without a shirt on. But let's, let's talk about this for a second. Antonio Brown, is that it for him? Or is there a team that's still going to give him another opportunity somewhere down the road? Major. It's a wrap, and I think he knew it. That's why he he did it this way. Um, and I hear everyone killing him in the media and everything, but I, I try to see it from his side too. And it, it, <laughs> It was a little weird um, on both ends. Like they got some guy off the streets, some guy who never played football before. And, you know, he's a track guy and he's getting way more receptions or targets than you. And they know you need to get the what five receptions and 55 yards or something like that to make your, you know, that million. So it's like that stuff is weird. So I kind of get why he ran out on work. I think every person who has a job probably has felt that before. Um, and it made for a funny meme, so I, I'm all for it. I, I'm pro AB on this one. Go ahead, Tara. Well, I wish I had the sound machine right now. <laughs> what um, would you give me? I mean... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what kind of sound effect that would be. I am not, I'm not opposed to what you're saying. I, I, although I personally, I think he he might play good. Um, how many? And we've got Josh Gordon who can still find his way onto a team. Uh, I, I feel like Antonio Brown's going to find his way onto a team again. It may not be next year. It may have to skip a little bit. It may be towards the end of the season. He might not find one. Yeah. Right off the bat, but towards the end of the season, some team's going to lose a couple of wide receivers and call him up and there he'll be. I, I personally would rather call up Terrell Owens than Antonio Brown right now. I, I think Owens would actually give you more production than what Antonio no. Brown has given you. And he, he might even do some sit-ups there, at least, on the sideline. But he's not going to leave you high and dry and just walk off the field doing jumping jacks and then say he left because of an ankle injury. That and then go drop so off – then drop a single off an <laughs> album an hour and a half later. Are you kidding me right now? And then ends up at a basketball game's courtside. Like, come on. This dude is hilarious. Comedy is pure <laughs> – like, if you're Tom Brady, how did you let this guy live in your house for as long as he did? Because I think AB was, like, uh, squatting yeah. on his couch or something. I mean, you've got your kids <laughs> he would have. I think he has some extra rooms. I think Tom Brady has some extra rooms there. <laughs> I don't know. Brady seems to get along with a lot of people. I think he – I don't know. Maybe, they're, maybe their personalities mesh. I think he's kind of an agreeable person. I think he Brady's just looking for him. talent. That's, all, that's exactly what it is right there. That's all it is. He just wanted to win. Well, speaking of talent, we had some pretty talented performances here this last week. So we're going to start off with our studs and duds. And I know we could all pretty much go with the same studs here this entire week because there were some outstanding performances. But, Tara, you got to the show sheet first this week, so we'll kick it off with you. 
I did a little bit. Um, I think Major kind of snuck in a few things before me, but I did get to the studs first. Um, so yeah, I've obviously had to go with uh, Joe Burrow. You can go Joe, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, either one. Um, probably the stack right there is what I should have gone with. But I mean, for the second week in a row, I mean, just an outstanding, crazy performance. He literally has thrown for a thousand yard, nearly a thousand yards in two games. Eight total touchdowns. Wild. Um, at this point, you're just looking at him and the combination of him and Jamar Chase, and you got to feel frightened for teams that have that stack in Dynasty moving forward. Absolutely insane. Um, he's literally vaulted his way up to QB8 on the season, or QB5 on the season. So, yeah, my set of the week, Joe Burrow. Um, special shout out to uh, Damian Harris, who uh, had a pretty fantastic performance as well with two touchdowns. I just wanted to congratulate him. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine what David Harris could have I wasn't going to be nice. I wasn't going to be nice. <laughs> I was so really Tara, surprised. While we're here, what was your projection for Damian Harris had they been in a closer game? Uh, if it was a closer game, I think he would have gotten uh, probably more yardage on the ground is probably where he needed a little bit more. Um, probably over, I would probably say over 120, four touchdowns total. I think was well within the realm of what he could have done. But yeah, as you mentioned, it was a blowout. So once they got to the second half, they just really wanted to save him up. You know, he's had those hamstring issues and they want to save up their RB1. So obviously they said, Damien, take your rest. Ramadre, come on in. I, I think that's pretty fair. I think that's a fair assessment on that. Am I being punked right now? What's going on right now? I'm looking around like, where's Ashton Kutcher at? What's going on over here? <laughs> Well, I, I think hey, no. Ashton Kutcher was in was in New York with Antonio Brown for this next dub that Terrence was bringing you. Yes. Um, in my dead of the week, Ramadre's – no, I'm just kidding. Um, my <laughs> dead of the week <laughs> – no, he was actually good in, in relief of Damian Harris. Um, my dead of the week is, is Ronald Jones. Oh, my God. <laughs> that one hurt. Uh, yeah, unfortunately there, I mean – you just really expected him to try and step up um, with a fantastic matchup against the Jets. Should have been highly productive on the ground. Only played barely into the second half with a total of 10 carries for 26 yards. Average of 2.6 yards per carry. It's not pretty. It wasn't good. It should have been more productive. The Jets have literally been slammed on the ground by talent um, at running back this season. And I was just highly disappointed from Rojo. I just let me down again. How many times? How many times? <laughs> I mean, there, there's a saying that goes, when you talk about doing the same thing over and over and expecting the same result, this is the Ronald Jones experience that we have going on here, right? Doing the yep. same thing over and over. And guess what? Once draft season kicks off next year and Ronald Jones ends up undoubtedly somewhere else, the hype is going to get up for him again. And someone out there is going to make the same mistake, and then they're going to bring everyone else with them because all it takes is one person with any kind of influence to believe in another person, and all of a sudden everyone's coming in and buying into that a little bit, buying into the system, buying into everything. All of a sudden we're going to be all about Ronald Jones. Again, it's a trap. Don't fall for it. <laughs> but he's going to get it together this next year. He's going to be good. <laughs> I'm done having faith. <laughs> the challenge is there, man. It's like, I can't do it anymore. Um, no, it might be the, we might have the second coming of Zach Moss experience, unfortunately. Wow. <laughs> More on him a little bit later. 
Wait, Chero's coming with <laughs> violence today. It's going down. Let's go. Good show. Yeah, I'm Let's tired. Go. It's going to be a spicy show. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Well, speaking of spice, <laughs> tell me someone who is hot, Major. Who is your stud in week number 17? I'm going to go with a couple Raz. Um, I'm going to go with Amon Ra St. Brown. Eight receptions, 101 yards. He's really coming into his own as wide receiver one of that team. Um, I think there's like no questions about it. Um, was it last what three weeks, three, four weeks? He's been just out of control balling. So um he's one of the players that I'm trying to grab up as much as possible in the offseason. And then I'm gonna go raw raw. You already know the other raw Mandre Stevenson. <laughs> 19 yard or 19 carries, 107 yards, two touchdowns, just the best running back in the rookie class this year. This guy is just bar none. Um, and in Dynasty, who do you want? You want him in Dynasty. So let's go. My dad is a I'm, I tried to leave a little air for you guys to go, but I'm going to keep going. My dud of the week, I got to go with George Kittle. And it's really not his fault because his quarterback play has been trashed the last two weeks. Um, but two receptions for 29 yards is just not – you can't do that with one of the best tight ends in the whole game. So, um, I don't know. He gets one of these. So, do we think that – George Kittle can get right with Trey Lance. Do you think, or what's your thought there? Because typically a tight end is the best friend to a young quarterback. Trey Lance still threw for 250 yards, but only 29 of those went to the best player on the 49ers. Yeah, I was going to say that phrase because I thought he was going to have a huge game because the tight end is the quarterback's be a young quarterback's best friend, um, especially when you just throw the ball anywhere and he's going to catch it. So I think he's a safety net, but for some reason, Maybe the defense is double, triple teaming him or something like that. Maybe trying to make the young quarterback throw to the receivers, but you have to force the ball to a player like like Kittle. So, yeah. I mean, they've got enough talent around. They they were getting the ball to Brandon Ayuk. They he certainly has a connection with him. So we'll see how that kind of forms going forward. If uh, going into twenty twenty two, if that's something that we can get behind. Now, for me, obviously the stud. I'm going to stack up on Terrace Joe Burrow here. 55.6 fantasy points, 11 catches, 266 yards, three tutties, Jamar Chase. Are you kidding me? That was a very Randy Moss-esque Thanksgiving-type performance that he put together. I mean, you knew Burrow was going to throw to Jamar Chase, and you knew you could not stop it from happening. The Chiefs knew it. Everyone in the stadium knew it. You knew when the Bengals needed a big play, where it was going, and there was nothing anybody could do about it. Now, I still – I had Jalen Waddle as my wide receiver one out of the rookie class. I had him above Jamar Chase. And I also said I wouldn't argue with you if you had J Chase as number one. But I'm telling you, right now, Chase has separated himself a little bit, unlike what his separation problems were in the offseason. A lot of people criticized for him. I, I was watching some of those videos. There was no one within 10 yards of Jamar Chase on a lot of those. It looked so, like he was in college again. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean, you can put that all down to rest. Now, my dud of the week is one of the one of the favorites of the show, at least for me to pick on each and every week, is Marquise Hollywood Brown. What a dud. I mean, <laughs> 
catches for 28 yards. He was the wide receiver. He's right now, he is the wide receiver 17 on the season. He gave you three catches for 28 yards. I'm not great at math, but that's about 5.8 PPR <laughs> points right there. That's not what you're expecting in your fantasy championships each and every week, even with Tyler Huntley, who Tyler Huntley has been a good quarterback for fantasy the last few weeks when he given the opportunity to he do so. He had a bad game. He had a bad game. It wasn't his best game, but, I mean, he still gave the Ravens a chance to win the game when it was all said and done. Yeah. So look, that's kind of where Marquise Brown, you get my dud of the week, yeah. but man, Terry, your IDP player of the week could have also been your stud of the week. Where are you going? Could have, really? I mean, good Lord, you know, uh, to be a member of the Watt family. Um, yeah. TJ Watt, five solo tackles, three tackles for loss out there. Absolutely terrorizing uh, the quarterback, four sacks, five hits on the quarterback. I mean, good Lord. <laughs> that wasn't it. I just kind of got tired of writing out stats. <laughs> <laughs> he had a fantastic week. He is he is the best um, IDP defensive player out there right now. Um, incredible, incredible performance from him. Um, side note, did, did anyone else catch that Major said best rookie running back, Ramondre Stevenson? I heard that. That was definitely something I heard. Not Javante Williams, not Marjorie Harris. That was a I think he's bold. Was, I just wanted to I just wanted to make sure that we you know, pointed that out. But can oh, we wow. talk for a second how dynamic TJ Watt is? I think he's played like 12 games this season. He's got 20 plus sacks. I mean, he's right on the cusp of breaking that sack record held by Michael Strahan right now, and he only played 12 games. So even in an 18-game schedule, if he breaks the record somehow. I, I, it's going to be tough to do this week, but against the uh, Baltimore Ravens, I believe they're playing. If he can break that, technically he's only played 13 games. I'm willing to go, you know what? I don't care if this is an 18-game schedule. That record is standing. Man, he's just been so impressive. Yeah. And the only problem is, you know what I say, your best ability is your availability more often than not. But could you project, like, I don't know what the projection is. I'm not that good at math, but <laughs> we're talking like, what? 28 sacks if he would have played 18 or 17 games this year? I don't know what his, I think he's at 20 and a half right now. I think what his, actual, his number is right now. So it's like one point I don't have calculator. The, I have to use a calculator. <laughs> I was I was promised there was no math involved. About 28, 29, <laughs> about 29 sacks. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's unfathomable what how he can get after the passer. Now Major, what's your IDP player of the week look like? I'm going to go with Chuck Clark. My man's fresh off the COVID list and balled out. He had seven tackles, two picks, and returned one for a TD. Um, There's a lot of garbage time, I I think. I don't know. I didn't really watch that Ravens game. Was it a bad game? Is it a blowout, right? Oh, it wasn't a blowout. Okay. Well, so he he had a good game then. So, yeah, I'm going to give it up to Chuck Clark. Um, I think the final was 20 to 19. Yeah, I think it was a comeback at the end to kind of make it a little bit closer than what it was, I think. But um, no, to have two interceptions in one game and to have a return for a touchdown, that's that's balling out to me. 
And for me, I'm going to go with Saints pass rusher. We talked about TJ Watt and how dominant he was. By the way, Baker Mayfield, he's pretty. I think he's going to opt for a shoulder surgery this week after being sacked like 10 times in yeah. the last two games. He has been absolutely abused the last couple of weeks. First, the Packers got after him. Then the Steelers got after him. But another guy who's been getting after the passer is Cameron Jordan of the New Orleans Saints. Three and a half sacks last week. Three and a half. Six tackles. Seven and a half sacks his last three weeks. Wow. I mean, I can give him the stud of the week for this week, but I'm going to give him a little extra bonus for two sacks last week, two sacks the week before that. I mean, that's three multiple sack weeks in a row. So, Jordan Cameron, we're going to give you a bit of love on this show for everything that you've been doing for that Saints defense. Oh, <laughs> oh major, major. Oh, I think you deserve oh, a womp, womp, womp on the sound you know, effects there. Damn it. But now, everyone's favorite part of the segment, where you get to toot your own horn, at least it's Major's favorite part for sure, the hits and misses. And I'll tell you what, the hits definitely outweigh the misses each and every week right here. Tara, kick us off. Uh, yes, let's kick off right here. Um, with my hits, um, Foye Aluakun, uh, I think we have him a little further on down uh, as we talk about the recap, he was also um, one of the players that I drafted. Um, fantastic performance. Um, great. I mean, he's really been fantastic all season long. Um, another hit was uh, fading Zeke and Pollard. Uh, predicted that they were going to struggle against that Arizona defense and that you really did not want to go with either one of them. Pollard was a little bit better. Um, Zeke was absolutely miserable if you started him. So, you know, uh apologies if you actually went in out and started him well not apologies i told you to fade him but anyway um that was one of my hits <laughs> and then my misses um marquez valdez scantling unfortunately i need to learn my lesson that players that are coming off the covid list and have been out um and it wasn't just a kind of short stint like maybe a carson Wentz, like that was a short stint right there for him where he really didn't have symptoms but these guys that have been out for a week they're coming back and they're struggling. So lesson learned, be prepared. If your guys are coming off, we saw it with Amari Cooper, um, Alan Robinson. If these guys are coming off COVID and they had it for a week and they had symptoms, they're coming back and they're struggling. So um, pay attention to that one. Uh, unfortunately, he was a miss. Um, and then CD Lamb. <sighs> I expected more in this matchup. Um, Dak had a good game. And unfortunately, none of that um, really kicked off with CeeDee Lamb, unfortunately, despite the fact that Michael Gallup, um, unfortunately, tore his ACL. But yeah, disappointing uh, game from CeeDee Lamb. So that was another miss right there for me. Yeah, and the thing with yeah, Elliot yeah, is he yeah, is 85 yeah. yards short right now of 1,000 on the season. Hey, you know what? This looks good for him. Except here's the thing. He hasn't had 85 yards in a game since week number five. Week number five. In fact, you can yeah. probably take that number a little bit further here. And, I mean, I don't think he's reached 55 yards in the last three games. Like, you can't trust him. You can't start him. Yeah. It seems like all year, but you feel like you're forced to do it because of where you drafted him. Late first, early second, somewhere in that ballpark. You feel like oh, you have to start him in there. But he's given you no value all season long. I mean, what do you do with them next year? You know, it's tough. It's tough because, you know, we talk about, you know, your best availability or your best uh, ability is availability. 
And he's someone that is very available. Um, he's very reliable. He's not someone that's missing games. You have to go back all the way to um, 2017 to see a mildly significant um, stretch of outings for him. He's a very reliable player. And that's why, even though he has these weird, um, in theory, subpar performances and subpar seasons, we're looking at it and we're disappointed. You know, he's actually been a you know, he's been the top 10 RB one. So he panned out exactly to where statistically he was supposed to because he was highly available and did not miss a game. So it's kind of weird, um, kind of a weird situation here with him. You look at him and yes. he's a guy that you want to look at next year and he can arguably be an RB one, but you probably don't feel comfortable drafting him that way, but he is a very We're reliable player. To take that one step further, we're going into week 18. He has had 55 or more rushing yards since week number six. Yeah. Yeah. To me, yeah. that is my one to say about that. Is he's still in top about. 12. It, it doesn't make sense. It blows your mind, but it, it's all about yeah. the. It's almost like just because he stayed healthy for yeah. the season, he somehow found himself inside that top 12 yeah. running back status in PPR formats, which is absolutely crazy to me because. I'm an anti-zero RB guy, but this is one of those cases that you're looking at where a guy could get 55 yards rushing from week six on and still finish at the top, <laughs> whatever you want to look at. Derrick Henry yeah. is still like second in rushing and he <laughs> hasn't played for like six weeks. He did have like 2,000 yeah. yards in the games he played. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard with Zeke uh, just because like, I don't know. He's he looks good. He doesn't like he's hurt. He he's moving. He's still quick. He has that first step. I don't get it. I don't get it. Another one of those mysteries. Yeah. I so, mean, you look at it. It's like it's he is R he is RB six on the year. So he he bit. I, I want to say his ADP was like RB six or seven. He hit his ADP. He was he paid off. You can't call him a bust. It's just a very weird situation. Well, there, there's no need for a mystery machine or no need to Scooby-Doo anything to talk about Major's hit from last week. Yeah, so last week I told you guys to play Jamar Chase. And what did he yes. do? He just, like, broke all the records and just did all kind of crazy things. He had 20, 266 receiving yards, three TDs. And I think if he hasn't broken it already, I think he's going to this next game, but he's going to break that season, season, single season rookie receiving yardage record. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to give some love to Chase <laughs> on extra point presented by fantasy points. I totally told everyone, hey, get Joe Burrow, get Chase, and you will be making some money. And look what happened. So I've been on the Chase wagon. This week, the week before that, it was T. Higgins. So I'm just, you know, I think I'm the Bengals whisperer. Matt, mad respect for you for recommending starting a top five wide receiver. I Thank hate you. when you do that. Old. <laughs> Old. But I will I will give you a little bit of credit here because in our little independent little draft that we had, you stacked Burrow with Jamar Chase. And you absolutely kicked both our butts this week in that scoring system. But, but. No, you don't get off that easy. We got to talk about Derek Gore and Cam Akers here. Maybe. I tried to try to sneak past that, but Gore actually had a pretty good game. He's averaging like ten yards a carry. They just didn't give him the ball, but he had three rushes for thirty-seven yards. 
Um, Acres did not play. Um, so that really messed up my, uh, what was that? My, uh, what's it called? The of the week? My yeah, bowl prediction. prediction. Yeah, it messed my bowl prediction and messed this up for me as well. So, Cam Akers, man, you get a little bit of that. Well, I, I will have to say, your prediction was more bold than my prediction this week since my players actually played. So, kudos <laughs> to you for making a bold prediction about a player scoring a touchdown that was not, not going to be playing this week. So funny. He thinks he's so funny. So I'm going to start with the negativity first because I like to go on a higher note here. I'm with Tara. I had full belief in C.D. Lamb this week. I thought Dak and C.D. Lamb stack was going to do wonders here. Dak Dak had a solid game. I think he threw three touchdowns. Just none of that went to C.D. Lamb. The Arizona Cardinals had been giving up yards recently in the passing game to wide receivers. Just not C.D. Lamb again. So, I mean, I feel your disappointment there. And the other one, we watched it on Monday night football unfold in front of us. It was 27 degrees Fahrenheit. You expect that a nice cold weather game. Let's pound the rock in there. Let's keep, and you've got a guy like Nick Chubb, who is probably the best peer running back in the national football league. And they weren't using him like that. I mean, you're in a dog fight here, so to speak, and you're not going to use your best player to run the ball. Cause you're, you can't throw the ball cause you're getting hit every time you, you step back. I was just was unfathomable how they did not use Nick Chubb last week on Day football. And it gave that the Browns are technically still able to make the playoffs some weird kind of way. You avoid giving the ball to your best player. So I thought Chubb was going to have a huge week against the Steelers, especially because I felt that that was something they could definitely take advantage of. Obviously the Browns felt yeah. differently. It, it so makes now, no sense, man. Like how you can't throw the ball, but then you don't want to run the ball. It's so weird. <laughs> Somebody it's not like they were out of the game. They weren't yeah. getting blown out. Yeah. There was no need to throw the ball. But they can't yeah. throw the ball. Like, even if you wanted to, your quarterback has a busted shoulder. You have to run the ball. But you decided to, like, throw that in the trash. I don't well, understand. Your, your quarterback, yeah. he's got the stank arm going on. He, he can't do nothing. <laughs> was, he's like, like this. That was, that was you, kind of y'all to blame it on injury. <laughs> oh. Well, that, that, that stank arm's been like that since week two, okay? Sure is, I don't even know if he was hit yet. <laughs> Hey, Char, you better relax right now. You're going crazy right now. <laughs> well, yeah, for me, uh, it's like, uh, it made no sense. I mean, I'm sorry, Browns fans. I feel for you right now. I can sympathize. I can empathize with you. But now looking at my hits, I said don't go with DeAndre Swift. I, I made sure to point out not to start him there. You have Craig Reynolds you felt was going to take touches. Jamal Williams was going to take touches. DeAndre Swift, first game back. There's no need for him to rush back because of where the Lions are in the standings, yada, yada, yada. I said, don't start him. Just watch. I know lots of people still start him because that's what you feel you need to do, a la Ezekiel Elliott. And a couple other my big hits, Monroe St. Brown. I went on that. I got him starting. Every, I actually started Braxton Burr, Perios, and Monroe St. Brown is my wide receiver one and two in a championship roster that actually won this last week. Wow. It was one of, Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. It was a thing of beauty, and I can't wait because – Every year we put the names of your winning roster on the trophy. Nice. There's a plaque that goes on it. Yeah, you better believe that Amon St. Brown and Braxton Berrios are going to be on a trophy. That's and the nice. other one, you know this to be as true as true can be, Jacoby Myers, wide receiver seven in PPR this week. <laughs> Eight catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown. A touchdown. That's his second of the season. I'm telling you, if this guy can get some more touchdowns, 
we could be talking about a very good wide receiver for fantasy moving forward because the targets are going to be there. The receptions are going to be there. And we'll talk about that a little bit later because I made a bold prediction that just about came true this year. But I'll be missed if I don't mention that we're going to let Major run around and toot his horn here about about his 177.54 fantasy point week put up by a roster of Bill Burrow, Sony Michelle, Aaron Jones, Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, Mark Andrews, Buda Baker, and Brian Pringle. And I finished lost again. And you picked want, first. Come on, Matt. I just want, you know, I don't know what to say. I want to thank all my fans. You know, I want to thank all the Dynasty Vipers. Like, just the people who support us. Because we feel the love. At least I do. You know, I'm here for you guys. You know, when I say something, I make you guys money. I hope you guys win championships. The other two here, they're entertaining. Um, but if you want some real football talk, you that's why I'm on the show, just to give you the real football talk, you know. So, again, give myself some love. It's, it feels so good to be right. It feels so good to be right. And I think it's the most points we've, anyone's ever scored in this game that we've played here. Can I get We've that done it for two weeks? It's been two weeks. We've done it for two weeks. In the history like of this game, I have scored the most points. I would like to point out that Ramondra Stevenson was not even selected for your team <laughs> because Tara gave me such a hard time before. I didn't want to go back to back, but please believe. Oh, we're not doing it I mean, again, are we? I was going to put him in there again, but hey. no, we're not going to. He do knows where he is in my heart. He's number one in my heart. He knows that. Well, at least amongst rookie running backs. Now, (laughs) let's get to the the good stuff here. We're going to hand out some end-of-the-season hardware, maybe take a look into 2022 a little bit here. Now, we'd like our stacks. We love to talk about our stacks upon stacks. Tara, what is that best combination in fantasy football? Uh, you know, I am I'm surprised that the combination of uh, Burrow and Chase was not selected, but uh, I went with the sneaky stack that is underestimated by literally everyone, the stack of Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams, uh, both top 10 in their position. Aaron Rodgers, and it, you know, if you look at the back half of the season, ever since that toe injury kicked in, it really actually kicked in that MVP um, spirit within Aaron Rodgers because he has been on fire over the back half of the season fantastic obviously feeding the ball to Devonte an incredible amount i mean if you've got these two guys to end off the season i mean you were just golden um fantastic you might you know what i can't argue joe burrow and jamar chase were my number two option based on you know why qb5 joe burrow i mean jamar chase he did i think he was wide receiver three maybe don't go I, don't I just i just changed mine right now <laughs> You can't just change in the middle of the Did, show. Didn't you have that at first? Because that was the reason. Auto. No, I did have it, and then okay. what? And then I what? I, I I just copied and pasted mine from the beginning because I was right again on pretty much all these. So um, I, I kind of left Allen and Diggs up there. They're coming on at towards the end of the season right now, um, but no one can say anything about Burrow and Chase. It's just that's going to be a scary combination for years to come. Like like Matt said, if. <laughs> If you're playing against that person in your league who has that stag, I, this is, I don't think it's too much you can do unless you get like Mahomes and 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 Hill on a good day. Um, 
but yeah, I, I'm gonna go with those two. But I still showing some love to to Allen and Diggs. Who you got, Matt? Well, I'm gonna go with the top option out there, and I'm gonna go with you talk about how good Jamar Chase was. His 300 points for fantasy. That's a lot of points, but it's not 412 fantasy points. Twelve <laughs> <laughs> points here between Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow, the difference between Joe Burrow and uh, Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford was the QB six. He finished about a point behind Joe Burrow, and that's after Joe Burrow's last two weeks where he went off. That's after Jamar Chase put up 55 points last week. So just to tell you how good Cooper Cup has been, there you go. He's having a Megatron-esque type season. Is there a reason you're only talking about Cup? I haven't heard well, much I, about I that's, about that's exactly why I did not choose that stack. <laughs> we say hey, stack. Matt Stafford, put some respect on Matty Stafford's name. 20.45 fantasy points per game over the season. These last weeks yeah. been rough, man. I could pull out any quarterback like Detroit, point out a rough week. In there. Yeah, he had a bad game against Detroit. But let's look at Joe Burrow. I mean, we're talking about stacks upon stacks and how great Joe Burrow was. I look at a third, I look at a nine-point week against Cleveland back in week number nine. I look at a 13-point week against Chicago. I look at another nine-point week against Las Vegas. You got two sub-10-point games here from Joe Burrow. You got a 12.8 game in week 15 against Denver. So let's not talk about, like, all these quarterbacks have their flaws all the way top to bottom. Everyone's had some bad weeks. Even Patrick Mahomes has had some bad weeks off the start of the season, right? The quarterback, I mean, if you are that guy who sits back and waits on quarterbacks, you're the smart person right now in fantasy, especially in one QB leagues, because the gap between 1 and 12, there's not a whole heck of a lot. Like You look at it right now, and you want to know who the QB 12 is right now in fantasy? I would talk about him a little bit later in the show, too, because I can. But the QB 12, any guesses? QB 12 is... Uh, so this is a QB Cousins. 1. Cousins. From, yeah, I was about to say Cousins as well. Cousins is QB 11. Derek Carr came in as QB 12. Derek Carr is a QB 1 this season. Okay, we'll talk about Derek Carr a little bit later in the show, but we're talking. <laughs> Josh Allen, 393 yeah, points like, here. Yeah. Matt Stafford, 327, which happened to be more than Tara's stack of Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers Yikes. only had 322. So let's put a little bit of respect on Matt Stafford's name because he is criminally underrated. Now, don't worry. I had him in a couple weeks in which I put him in my lineup, which actually hurt me, but I mean – Stack upon stack, you you go with the quarterback, you go with the wide receiver. That is the highest scoring combination in fantasy this year. Actually, I didn't add all the quarterbacks' numbers up. I'm just making that. Up. It's probably true. <laughs> I believe it to be true. <laughs> we don't have a fact checker on this show, so what I what I believe to be true is my factual evidence. Now, it's not me. It's you, award the player that you refuse to draft come 2022, based on what we've seen here in 2021. Tara, who are you avoiding next year? And by the way, it, it's it's not me. It really is you. Who is that? Um, it's the exact same player that I avoided this year. I will continue to move forward, and I will not be wrong. Uh, it's Miles Sanders. I'm not doing it. <laughs> There's no situation that can make me draft Miles Sanders. I'm not going to draft a running back that cannot score a touchdown. 
I'm not going to draft a running back who will seed carries to Jordan Howard. I'm not going to draft a running back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just, I can't do it. I won't do it. Um, I'm sorry, Miles Sanders. You're a very talented guy, but it's just, maybe you can escape. Maybe you can't. Uh, Yeah. If you, if you left the team, maybe I'd think about it. Probably not though. Um, No Miles Sanders for me. (laughs) I can't wait to take a screenshot of the show sheet after the fact, because Major has scratched up everyone he once had on it and changed it so far. And his next two selections here in the next two awards are going to absolutely blow your mind. But Major, who's that player that you're going to refuse to draft in 2022? I'm going to keep mine as same as, as, as last year. Uh, I'm going to go with any Cowboy. It's Niner gang. Bang, bang. I don't care about any of this fantasy stuff or DFS or whatever. I do not like cowboy players even though i do have michael gallup in one of my leagues and just because i thought he was leaving next year but him getting injured is really gonna suck for him in the off season um but yeah i'm still i still don't like a cowboy i won't i will not draft a cowboy so just remember these wise words from major when we get into the next part <laughs> now for me it's christian mccaffrey i'm not I'm, not, I'm done i am done i don't care if he blows up next year i am not drinking that Kool-Aid out of Carolina. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, I should just quit altogether because that's exactly what we have with Christian McCaffrey right now. And you know what? He's going to get drafted in the first round. But it will not be by me next year. I promise you that much right now. Now, I miss you like crazy. Who is that player that you wish you would have drafted? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> it's Debo. Um, I drafted a whole lot of Iuke and I said that I would um, be hurt um, missing out on Debo Samuels. And hey, I was correct. I was hurt by missing out on him. Um, although I did get him in one league, but for the most part, um, I went with Iuke. And unfortunately, um, you know, well, fortunately for Debo, um, I think there was a lot of um, skepticism wrapped up in him around him being injury prone and, the way the fantastic way that Ayuk looked last season, the combination of Kittle, the 49ers run game, and he just balled out of control. Um, second only to Cooper Cup this season in terms of superstar status at wide receiver. So, I mean, yeah, I, I wish that I could have had uh, more Debo Samuel, com- a commonality of teams that had him and drafted him and his ADP just carried and sailed through to championships. Yeah, I mean, 310 fantasy points. Wide receiver three overall. <laughs> when we all Ayuk was kind of the I know Major was big on the Ayuk train there as well at the start of the season. Now, Major, you, you're you're gonna have to speak really slow for me here in the next one. Who's that player that you wish you would have drafted? I'm gonna go with C D Lamb. And it's the same explanation I had at the beginning when we did this before. Um, I will not draft any cowboys, but I can still look and be like, oh. I wish I had CD Lamb, you know. So I don't know if you're allowed to do that though. It is. I it's like you can like window shop. I my heart won't let me do something that my mind wants me to do. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Is your is your wife okay if you window shop or is that is that completely different? Like, oh yeah, I wish <laughs> I mean you can just <laughs> it's all kind of relationships out here now, Matt. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i'm saying like i i don't think you can like wish you had cd lamb but refuse to draft cd lamb in the same 
Because if CD Lamb was on a different team, I would be all about CD Lamb. But because he's with the the Cowboys, it's just like ugh. I get it. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't get it. I draft all kinds of um, NFC. Well, not all kinds. I'm not drafting a whole bunch of Detroit players, but um, yeah, Darnell all, Mooney, all this stuff. So I don't. I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with going with uh, getting my rivals. I'm okay with it. You gotta ease up, Major. Go out and get those rivals. But Dallas and San Francisco have been rivals since like the early '90s. Yeah, like and five years old then. Uh, thank you. That's when I loved it, though. That's when I was all in, <laughs> and they hurt my feelings a few times. So I will forever hate Dallas Cowboys. And it's my brother's favorite team, so we go back and forth. So you know, it is what it is. All right. Well, the player I wish I would have drafted is Hunter Renfro. I mean. You're talking about value plays all over the place. And I'll be the first one to admit, I did not see Hunter Renfro having a wide receiver one type season at the beginning of the year. There was no way you could have convinced me of that. He finishes the wide receiver 11. And I just wish I had more of him in PPR. I mean, he's got that Julian Edelman. He might not get those touchdowns, but he's going to get a ton of receptions, no matter what you're looking at. And in PPR, I don't see that changing next year. I think he's going to be right in that 10 to 15 range next year as well, even with Darren Waller returning, just because of the way, because he is the one of the best peer route runners in the National Football League. Yes. Um, ugh, yuck. Um, so, <laughs> so even with them going out, you know, the Raiders are going to go and get some receivers. Um, you know, I, I would have thought that three, Waller. four, or five years ago. They haven't done it yet. They tried to go through the draft and it just didn't pan out. But like they have, like they have to get Derek Carson receivers like at least one of these years because his clock is ticking. You know. Even then, so um, it's not going to be a replacement for the role of Renfro. They need someone else to fill a different role. So I don't see his role changing. I, I think I think he's still going to be very steady. I don't think he's going to get all the targets he's getting now, though. You think he'll still get the same volume with all uh, with Waller back and, um, you know, maybe one, maybe two good, re- uh, you know, good receivers out of free agency or whatnot. Well, you also got to oh. consider the fact that the beginning of the season, the the Raiders had very aggressive pass volume and then it kind of teetered off is that which was exactly the reason why Derek Carr was uh QB 12 and <laughs> that early season um, pass volume was so aggressive. And then it teetered off as they just kind of got more deeper, deeper in turmoil as the season went on. So I think they'll get back to that. I think the volume is there. Derek Carr has the capability of throwing for 300 plus yards um, a game. And so it's possible. I, I wouldn't write Renfro off if they go out and get a lead wide receiver. Well, let's get off Brent, folks. We're going to circle back to him here shortly. But, Tara, who's that major bust for you in 2022? Uh, you know, for me, it's Zach Moss. I did a, uh, I had a, a weekly uh, players to cut video, and Zach Moss was a, was, he was a regular appearer <laughs> on that list where I begged people, please cut this man because, unfortunately, it was not going anywhere. And, uh, you know, I was very right on that. And the crazy part about it is, is that he did, in fact, have more touchdowns than Miles Sanders. Wild. Um, but, yeah, Zach Moss, man. Uh, I mean, to the point where he was not even, he was healthy scratch, multiple games, just absolutely crazy. Yeah, no, biggest bust. Um, and there were so many people that really thought that this was his year to come on and finally, you know, separate himself from Devin Singletary, who ended up being the one to separate himself. So very crazy. Sorry, Zach Moss. 
biggest bus. Yeah, that that Bills backfield was wild to watch. It was Singletary, then it was Moss, and then it somewhere became Matt Breida. Then it went back to Zach Moss for like a quarter, and then it went to it went to Devin Singletary. And it was all said and done. So it, when everyone knows all along, it was Josh Allen. That's basically how <laughs> That's we so need to view this. Now, Major, I see you you scratched out Jerry Judy. I would not have uh, corrected you for that one in any way, shape, or form. He was basically the opposite of the chef's kiss or whatever you want to call it because he was that bad. He was a kiss of death to all Broncos pass catchers when he returned. But who's your uh, bust for 2020? Yeah, I, I don't think I really understood this part of the show, so I kind of just copied and pasted mine from the beginning of the season we did. Um, so most of these are mine. I had to change a few, so – I Sam Darno, like he's a USC guy. If you, I've, I've spoken my love of the USC players on this show before. Um, it's, uh, I think I'm out. Uh, it's, it's, I've, I've been, I've been losing too many battles and arguments and everything with friends and family and and and, and clubhouse people. Like I can't, I can't keep defending Sam Darno, man. Like he had me so excited at the beginning of the season. Like, I was so excited. He was, like, leading the league and, like, rushing at one point, right? Um, or rushing touchdowns. Um, and he looked all right. He was throwing the ball around. And for, it, it, I don't, another mystery, he just stopped. It just it just stopped and went downhill. And then he got hurt. And uh, I don't know. It's I think I'm off the train. I don't even know if he's going to. I don't know if Carolina's still on that train either. So he might be looking for a new job next year. Well, a couple things on that one here. Uh, I'm not going to speculate or anything about who's going to be the quarterback of Carolina. I kind of joked about it in one of my Dynasty mustache videos about Tyler Huntley possible and a trade destination with the Ravens because of the Ravens' need for uh, um, defensive linemen, and Carolina has some young defensive linemen. But you're right, Sam Darnold. We looked at what Teddy Bridgewater did with the Panthers, supporting three top 24-type wide receivers. The way Sam Darnold came out the first couple weeks, we're like, okay, maybe this could work. Not so much. But you know what else? I expected Alan Robinson. Listen, I, I've yelled into this camera more times than I care to admit Every about week. how Alan Robinson has done me wrong this season. But I'm going to save myself because I feel like I'm just banging my head against a brick wall because we already don't. But I am not going to let Kenny Galladay off the hook either. <laughs> yeah. Because... I, I, I avoided him in every way, shape, or form. I wanted no part of him in any way, but he was hyped like you would not believe going into draft season. There was people that had him as a wide receiver too. And no, he wasn't even he, he wasn't even the wide receiver too on his own team. Okay, so I'm not going to let Kenny Galladay get off the hook, even though I feel Allen Robinson is the biggest bust because I thought he was a round two, round three worthy type wide receiver, definitely a wide receiver one. Kenny Galladay, you are not getting off that soon. Question for now, you, Matt. Before you go, question for you. So if Allen finds a new team next year. Oh, no, I'm going to fall back out? in love with Allen. <laughs> yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, you might not even need a new team, and I'll probably still fall in love with him because I am the definition that we spoke of earlier. Yeah. <laughs> that said, we go from the biggest bust to the most underrated player. Tara, who is that? Uh, you know, we already, I'll save us some time. It's uh Hunter Renfro. We already talked about him. I, I won't dive into it much more just so we can, uh, move on. But yeah, Hunter Renfro, most underrated. And then Ma Major, I see you scratched off your MVP candidate and you replaced him with a, the number one wide receiver overall. Who's your most uh, <laughs> underrated player? 
I'm gonna go with Cooper Cup. Like before the season, no one even knew who he was. He was just a guy. Was he was just a guy? He was not in your top twenty. He wasn't even your top twenty-five. Keep it real. He wasn't even your top thirty. I'm gonna stop no, when I see you. No one knew who cut like the wide receiver one before the season, right? Who's the wide receiver one in LA? Everyone was oh, on Robert man. Woods. I think there's people that were making arguments for both of them all season long oh, uh, no. in the offseason between Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. I don't think I think they had those guys in that 12 to 16 range. I don't think no one had Cooper Cup as wide receiver one. In the, in the draft all night, draft, I picked up Cooper Cup in like the seventh, eighth round or something. Like, if oh no, you're right. It. I yeah. I mean, the Scott Fishbowl. I was I seen someone post that they got Cooper Cup in the seventh round this year. So exactly. I know where you're coming from. He was in seventh round. People were valuing him as a wide receiver too, for the most part, and he right. turned out to be the number one wide receiver. So I'll let that one slide. But it's just kind of funny to kind of poke fun at it because <laughs> for me, most underrated. I spoke to him already. It's Derek Carr. I mean, we all love to kick Derek Carr when he's down. It's so fun. I'll even admit, as a Raiders fan, it's fun. It's fun to kick Derek Carr when he's down. But you know what? That that black mascara that he likes to put on before each and every game, it works for him. He finished as the QB12 this year, and you can't take that away from him. Like, I mean, I had to double and triple check the, the stats on this to confirm this. Could you imagine if he actually was able to throw some touchdowns along the way? If he was able to do what... Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, even touchdown numbers. Justin Herbert, touchdown numbers. We could be talking about Carr even higher than the QB 12 in the season. So, you know what? Yeah, that's underrated because no one had Derek Carr as a QB 1. Nobody. People barely had him as a QB 2. I mean, there was, was people that had list. him. He, no, he probably had him at 25, 26, somewhere yeah. down the road. And you weren't alone. You were not alone in that because there's a lot of people out there. I, I felt that he was about he was my QB, I think 15 going into the season, 15 or 14. So I had him a little bit higher, but that's also a little bit of the homerism out of me. But hey, you I know what I want for you, you know what I want for you, Matt, for Christmas. I want Alan Robinson to join the Raiders. I think that would be that would make you so happy. It would, it would. I would be excited about that. But we, we can't have nice things in Vegas. We 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 know that. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, things it's go just, awry. <laughs> things go awry. Things are going crazy right now. We win one game against Indianapolis, and next thing you know, someone else is getting pulled over for uh, other stuff. Um, I ain't done yet. Old but still reliable player, Tara. Who you got? Um, I mean, he's not super old, but uh, you guys kind of snatched up the old receiver. So I went with the one who is old in in wide receiver age with Keenan Allen. Um, yeah, he's a seasoned veteran and he started off the season a little shaky, but ended up a wide receiver one yet again. Keenan Allen. He's just so incredibly reliable, particularly in PPR. Um, yeah, he, he paid off. It's always weird putting Keenan Allen as a top 12 wide receiver every year and then have to debate about it every year. <laughs> it, you, you nailed it. Every year, he's right there, yeah. It's at the, especially in PPR. Now, Major, we were in sync here. You and I, the bald heads, we were like right there together <laughs> on this yeah, one. Like, who was it? Let the people know <laughs> who that old and reliable player was for you this year. You know, you have to go with Adam Thielen. That's the only player who I think is old in the league besides like Brady and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it's like three old guys, so... I, you have to go with him to do stay productive, stay the touchdown machine until he did an old thing and did what he got hurt and he's out for the season. 
he's gonna get that uh surgery on the ankle there and uh that's that's just some stuff that that happens to old guys we you know we have a really good game and then we're out for two or three weeks so um Matt, I'll let you put all the numbers and all that stuff together. I mean, we, we could have talked a little bit of AJ Green. We could have given him some consideration here. Oh, I mean, one. he would have been there. Um, Adam Thielen, 13 games played this year, 10 touchdowns. Wide receiver, 26. Again, 13 games. That is still production, no matter how you look at it. Now, the only thing that worries me is if we get another big week out of KJ Osborne, do we see. Thielen start to be phased out in 2022 because we know Tara loves herself some KJ Osborne. We know Justin Jefferson. He's in, he's lined up for another 1500 yard season next year, no matter how you want to slice it. Does this start the phasing out of Adam Thielen moving forward? Just something to keep you on your minds heading into 2022. I don't think you see him phased out in 2022. Yeah. He's like the people's champ. I don't know if you can do that. I think Minnesota (laughs) Viking fans would like, riot or something if you get rid of him you know yeah yeah probably now tara who was someone we were sleeping on beginning of the year that we probably shouldn't have been who was that sleeper of the year for 2022 or 2021 sorry uh before i say that i you know i did fact check i'm sorry just because i wanted to confirm my own thoughts uh cooper cup was uh wide receiver 18 in adp um anyway but now he's, <laughs> so now he's one yeah, no, so he i'm, I'm not- still right I'm not saying. I'm just saying that he, he was like, like it wasn't. It wasn't as dramatic as you're we making it out to be. Uh, like he was drafted with where Madre Stevenson or something. Um, See, the secret <laughs> is when you get you got to speak up. You got to start shooting your arms around. It'd be more even more dramatic and kind of distract people from what your actual point is. Like I always do. Uh, that helps. Right. Mission went faster, so she there didn't was, have time to. There, quite a few things that I thought about fact checking on that, but I was distracted. You're right. <laughs> But moving on to uh, Cordero Patterson um, is my guy. Uh, I mean, kind of crazy. I mean, he should have had a much higher um, finish, but for some reason in the like, you know, final quarter of the season, all of a sudden Atlanta decided that they didn't want to utilize him as a wide receiver. They wanted him to be a pure running back was, was one of the most baffling choices I've ever seen. Um, you know, which explains why they are where they are. Um, but Cordero Patterson overall, I mean, just for the you know vast majority of the first half of the season and beyond was such a big win for anyone that grabbed him off of waiver wires. Um, I did draft him in one very, very, very deep league. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he just fantastic, fantastic value. Major, who's that sleeper? Is Rock. it who I think it is? <laughs> They gotta be Ramondre. The dudes are free agent. Like no one's even like paying attention. Like, or was he second round pick? I don't remember. But we're not gonna fact check that either. But in fantasy football, I was picking him up in rookie drafts in the second round and the third round. Um, no one was talking about him, and I was like over here, like, <laughs> and now I got one of the best players. Look how good he is. The dude, he has like what five touchdowns on a year, and he has the coach coaching against. He has Tara rooting against him. He has this. He has Damian Harris like hating on. Like Damian Harris is like, I'm going to play with my arm hanging off, my leg hanging off. I'm not letting Ramondre get in the game. Everyone knows it's going to happen. Isn't that even worse that he can't replace a guy with one arm and one leg? No, (laughs) because. 
because the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is the yeah. best no, but but Harris, like he is. Um, that's like the coach's like favorite uh player there. I don't know if it's offensive coordinator or if it's Belichick, but someone loves that guy over there. Even though he sat out a lot his first year, so I think it's just a New England like hazing thing. So next year, Ramondre is going to get more reps, and you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. And when I get Ramondre to come on this show, I want you guys to both keep that same energy. Oh, I got no shame. You know that. And I've also got foot and mouth disease, so you know I'm going to say something stupid. It's going to happen. Right. Now, what oh, wasn't so We're going to invite is- all the Dallas players on the show. I will let them know that I love each and every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know who I loved, who I was over the moon for back in April? Darnell Mooney finished the season as a wide receiver 27. That's just on the cusp of a wide receiver two. Okay. He was getting drafted later than the 10th round in every draft. Every draft. I remember writing an article for uh, about him in, uh, in the Football Diehards magazine there with Bob Harris about how he was going to definitely improve on that ADP. He was going to outperform it, and he certainly did. I mean, honorable mention, Jacoby Myers, another guy I was high on who had a very solid season that nobody saw coming at the start of the season as well. So I'm going to pat myself on the back for having both those guys. But for me, Darnell Mooney is my sleeper of the week. It's hard to argue with Cordero Patterson. What he did, especially the first 13 weeks of the season, I mean – that was unbelievable. No one saw that coming. No one saw him finishing as like a top 10 running back in fantasy, especially because he wasn't even a running back before the season started. <laughs> so no one could have seen that coming. But let's go a little bit deeper here. Let's go with even a waiver wire guy or someone after the 14th round. Who is that for you, Tara? It's Dalton Schultz. Um, I mean, fantastic. I was going to read off a list of guys drafted at higher ADPs than him, but I mean, think of literally any tight end. They were all drafted before him, um, including Blake Jarwin, who he he overtook very quickly into the season. I mean, Dalton Schultz has just been fantastic and honestly looks like he's played his way into being the clear tight end one of that Dallas offense moving forward, even when Blake Jarwin comes back. So, so yeah, he's a, yeah, he's tight in three in PPR four in standard. I mean, he's just been so incredible on this season. And major well, you're, you're, you're going with someone who was actually traded to a team kind of out of desperation. Who is that super sleeper for you? I'm going Sony Michelle again. This is mine from at the beginning of the season. And again, I was right. He came on and kind of put that team on his back and kind of forced them into the playoffs with the quarterback throwing interceptions like every other play. But um, Sony, I don't know if he's going to be in L.A. next year, but I think he's earned um, his, he earned his way on to someone's like running back one somewhere, maybe like Houston or I don't know. He'll find a home, but I don't know if he's going to be in L.A. just because of contract and all that good stuff. And they have three good running backs. But if we can keep him, I'm more than happy to um, keep him here. Um, but, yeah, Sony, he had a really good end of the season. Listen, my super sleeper before the season started was Ramondre Stevenson. But that's not my super sleeper now because my super sleeper status, it belongs to Daryl with one L, Williams. Are we sure that he's not the better option in Kansas City than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Are we positive of this? Like, we're looking at some of these numbers, and he is the RB19 this year. He's been a solid RB2. Even with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire healthy, 
he's still found a way to cut into this offense, a very prolific offense, a high-powered offense of the Chiefs. He has still been able to factor in each and every week, giving you that touchdown upside and pass catching. Boy, did he put it on the – I think he put it, he absolutely put it on the Raiders pass catching that one game. It was absolutely ridiculous. So for me, super sleeper, guarantee you didn't get him before round 14. You could have got him anytime you wanted to. So Daryl 1L Williams is my super sleeper. <laughs> but now we need to turn – I know it's easy to kind of go with – the rookie of the year. I mean, we can literally go right across the board here. So we'll we'll kick it off here. Um, Tara, who do you got as your rookie of the year? Uh, I originally had, or I wanted to do Waddle, but then I saw that um, that Major had Waddle, and so I was like, okay, I'll do Jamar Chase. Um, but then I think he switched up again. Kind of crazy. But Jamar Chase, we've <laughs> talked about him a ton, um, so I won't belabor it. I'll save us some time. But, yeah, rookie of the year, Jamar Chase. I mean, my goodness, especially when you consider how – um, everyone was so skeptical of preseason. He really pulled through. Yeah, Major, uh, I, I assume you feel the same way. I do, but I'm going to just add a, a co, and I'm going to put Waddle back up there. I, I was big Waddle. Like you said, Matt, he was my wide receiver one uh, in this draft and quietly had a really, really productive rookie year, especially with the quarterback woes they were having. Um, and you've seen what happened when Tua started playing just a little bit better. Um, Waddle just kind of balled out. But I'm going to give them a co-MVP because one did it with yards, one did it with receptions. Um, both of these guys, I think, are going to be like mega stars. And beginning of the season, I had Najee Harris. I had to cross him out just because he did have a good season. And uh, I'll, I'll let Matt uh, take that one. Yeah, I mean, before last week's performance with Jamar Chase put up 55, it was a lot closer between him and Waddle. Waddle finished the season with 232 fantasy points, especially in PPR. So it was a lot closer there, about 55 points. That separates you pretty quick when you're talking about that kind of stuff. Najee Harris, I want to give him my MVP, or my Rookie of the Year uh, vote just because everyone else has already given it to Jamar Chase here. I mean, you're talking about 300 points for Jamar Chase in fantasy, 55 coming last week. Now, with Harris, he finished the season with 291. He did not have 55 last week. So, I mean, consistently throughout the season, uh, Harris performed really well. Again, Jamar Chase, absolute difference maker. But, you know, let's give a little bit of love to the Alabama back here in Najee Harris. <laughs> now, don't call, don't call it a comeback, but comeback player of the year, Tara, who do you got? Uh, you know, I originally said Dak at the beginning of the season. I feel like that's still justified, but I got to give it to Joe Mixon, man. Um, the way that people were so incredibly skeptical of him and to finish as uh, the RB4 or to, well, almost, we still got a game, but to be the RB4 in PPR for running backs, I mean, fantastic. Uh, especially considering, you know, there were certain games where they phased him out a little bit and then having to compete with such prolific pass game. You have to give it up to that man for pulling through, being healthy, and showcasing that, you know, he's still that guy. He's still a fantastic option, a RB1. So good for him. And you know the worst part is? We're going to still value him as an RB2 next year. Yeah. We are, we're, not going to draft until, we're not going to draft him until late second round, early third round, because it's Joe Mixon. We're, we love to hate him. He's another one of those underrated players that we love to pile on. Every nope. year, and he's like we talked about 
Daryl Williams there being that hot, that prolific offense, that high-powered offense. The Bengals, they're not that far behind when it comes to high-powered offenses in the NFL. Now, Major, who is that one player that you're uh, giving your uh, vote to? I'm going to go with Carson Wentz. He was my guy at the beginning of the season. He's my guy now. Um, taking the Indiana, uh, Indianapolis Colts to – the playoffs are they in the playoffs still? I don't recall, but if not, they're really close to getting into the playoffs. Um, but throwing for 3,378 yards, 26 touchdowns to only six interceptions. Um, it wasn't always pretty, but he finds a way to get it done. Um, it seems like the team is rallying around him. I just want him to stay healthy for one whole season just to see. What would happen? I don't know. Like he seems like he he wants to ball out, and something always gets in the way. But um, and I've been watching the the what was it HBO um the Hard Knocks. It's been pretty good. It makes me like him a little bit more. He's a good guy. Yeah. Before we, you know, Carson Wentz, he's a very lovable character. There, Bible studies with Frank Reich and all that other stuff. He got right this year. He got right this year. Everyone was kind of knocking him down with the Eagles. It was easy. It was like. Like I said, it was easy to kick Carson Wentz down, seeing ghosts. You could see him struggling last year. That offensive line, it went through so many different combinations. I think it was yeah. like 14 different combinations in 17 weeks. So there's a reason why Carson Wentz is a little gunshot behind center. But, hey, Anthony wants to know, the NFL is saving the best for last. Raiders, Chargers, Sunday night football. How do you like the Raiders' chances of clinching their first playoff berth since 2016? That was the season in which Derek Carr broke his leg and the Houston Texans won the playoff game. Yeah, Matt, I'm going to let you go. Go ahead, Matt. I am skeptically optimistic. Is that, a, is that, is that possible? Can I say that? that you, what, I'm going to translate. You said absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a homer through and through. I'm going to take the Raiders. It's what I am. But you know what? You know what? Expect the worst, hope for the best is kind of my motto here going into this one. <laughs> you know, I mean, they have the gun, they can play with the best teams out there. They've played the Indianapolis Colts, they played them well last week. I mean, if they can get pressure on Justin Herbert there, they, they can keep this game close. I mean, last time they played, the Chargers put it to them. Let's be honest. It was, in my opinion, the Raiders are the underdog coming into this matchup. I'm, I'm hopeful that they can pull this off, but. I don't know if they can. I mean, that Chargers team, they're playing as well as anybody, but Chargers are going to charge her at some point. You know, that's how that's things go. So Chargers fans are feeling the exact same thing as us Raiders fans going into this one. We yep. don't know what to expect because it can go either way and it can go be really good or it can be really, really bad on both sides of the ball here for both these teams. Yeah. Now, Tara, apparently major, uh, or sorry, MJ23, he's kind of coming at you here a little bit. Uh, Jamar Chase has 12 touchdowns his rookie year. Only one other rookie has more touchdowns. Name that wide receiver. How many touchdowns and that QB was throwing to them? 17 touchdowns to him. Wouldn't it be Randy Moss or Jerry Rice? I'm sorry. I got to read the question again. I honestly <laughs> zoned out I just, on that. I just heard who's the other receiver, and I was like, went with other, those two. I mean, only other rookie that has more touchdowns. Uh, let's see. Calling you out, Tara. Hey, don't MJ23. Don't be calling out Tara, bro. Don't make me come and find you. This it's okay. Um, no, I get it. I get it, but you're gonna be calling out Tara. 
No, I don't know. I don't know. It's all caps. It's like, <laughs> rawr, 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 rawr. I don't know. I'm confused Maybe. by the question. I'm sorry. I was thrown off. I was looking ahead, trying to well, get myself in there. <laughs> In 1998, a young rookie out of the out of the University of Marshall mm. had 17 <laughs> touchdowns Told you. for the Minnesota Vikings. Randy Moss. <laughs> don't worry. Randy. Well, we're a family here. We don't, let nobody, uh, we don't let nobody come at our family like that. <laughs> well, yeah, that was, I thought it was uh, more of a thought it was more a quick answer this. <laughs> oh no. Uh, so for me. <laughs> For me, my comeback player of the year, and you can argue it all you want. Lots of people go with an injury player, player coming back from injury, this and that. How about a player coming back from fantasy purgatory? That's where I'm going here. In 2020, Leonard Fournette finished as the RB35. Right now, in 2021, in only 14 games, he is the RB5. I mean, that is... That is a comeback for me. You're jumping up 30 spots, and you're doing it in two less games. So you know what, Fournette? You get my player of the uh, my comeback player of the year award this year. He's a receiver now, man. Like he's the best receiver he's running back in the league though. now. He's always been able to catch the ball out of the backfield. He did it with Jacksonville for a long time, mostly because Jacksonville had nothing else to do, and Fournette was that offense. But he was a good pass catching back. He gave you good PPR numbers in Duval County. And now with Tom Brady here, and you see, play it, it all started in the playoffs. There, Fournette got rolling in the playoffs, and he continued on in 2021. So, I, I can't wait to see who that player is this year, who is going to um, make that huge comeback here for get going in the playoffs and carried on into the 2022 season. No disrespect, Major. All fun and games here. <laughs> <laughs> respect, respect. Um. Let's see if we go rapid fire because we never do that very well. Breakout player of the year, best value outperforming that ADP Terra. Oh, man, you're going to make me rapid fire on the one I was just looking. So this is why I was distracted from the question and all confused. Um, it's James Conner. And I wanted to verify he was RB35 in ADP. That's behind guys like Ronald Jones, Trey Sermon, uh, Raheem Mostert, Gus Edwards. Uh, yeah, even Chase Edmonds as well. And he is currently... Um, RB eight, but through week 14, RB six in full PPR. Incredible. Yeah. The people that drafted him, it paid off for you. <laughs> Look at us. We got stats coming out of our yin yangs here this week, man. We got all kinds of stats and facts bait backing up our claims here. Major, what do you got for us? I don't have a stat for you, but I do have <laughs> Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I have Joe Burrow. Uh, I think he. I'm just going off of just drafting and just from like when we drafted at the beginning of the year, no one's really talking about this guy. He was coming off of an injury. Uh, it was a lot of question marks there. No one knew what Chase was going to be in the preseason. They didn't look too good. Chase was dropping the ball over the place. It it, it looked bad. And all of a sudden, this guy is now like, well, he's top three, right? Top three, top five? Top five. Top five. Yeah. Yeah, so to be a top five receiver, I mean quarterback, actually he should have been my comeback player of the year as well. But uh, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm on the bandwagon now. I'm totally Joe Burrow, Bengals. I, I love that team. Um, but yeah, uh, what was his ADP? Go- I know somebody's fact checking. Who was what was his ADP? Well, there's no fact check. I'm just clicking a pen. Oh, it makes it sound like I'm doing work. I didn't, but I. <laughs> 
Um, no, I didn't click it, but I, I, if I had to guess, he was probably cute or he was drafted in round because I drafted him maybe around 10 or so, yeah, around like 10 that. or so. Yeah, 10, 12, he was going around there, but now he's going yeah. number one. <laughs> yeah, and for me, if you can get yourself a wide receiver who was coming into the season viewed as a wide receiver three, he was a 36 wide receiver off the board, but he gave you wide receiver two numbers. Debo Samuel, he was going off as, I believe it was the wide receiver 34, if I'm not mistaken, was what, that's what I got, 36, wide receiver 36 before the season started. I mean, there were some injury concerns that kind of weighed into that whole thing and yada, 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 and everyone believed in Brandon Ayuk being the top option here coming after what Ayuk did towards the end of uh, 2020, but Hey, if you're going to talk about ADP and outperforming it, I'd say going from wide receiver 36 to wide receiver two, that's a good way to do it. Oh, what do we got? Oh, yes. Now the big award, the big award on the show here, the fantasy football MVP. Tara, who do you got? Rapid fire Cooper Cup. I don't think I need to explain it at all. (laughs) So Tara is going to go with the wide receiver one to win the MVP award. I'm going to go with the running back one in Jonathan Taylor. I mean, what do you have? 19 touchdowns this season total? I mean, that's a pretty good season from a running back. So I'm going to give it to the running back one. You're going to give it to the wide receiver one. Major, who are you going to give it to? Justin Herbert. I want to say he's quarterback one? Maybe? Two? QB two, which is actually not bad. It's kind of surprising. Who's number one? Who's number one? Number one is Josh Allen. Oh, really? He's not playing like it. But Justin I mean, there's, there's, is the best quarterback in the league right now. This dude, I watch, I'm in LA, so I watch a lot of the Chargers games. I watch pretty much every game. This dude, it's like amazing what he can do with that football. He's fitting in the right spots. He's like dropping it right over defenders. He's throwing a ball 100 yards in the air. He's running. He's a. He's just a little corny. Like, I think if he had a little Joe Burrow swag, I think he would be that the guy. But, um, yeah, Justin, that he he won me over. He made me a Charger fan. Well, the secret is Justin Herbert's success is he finally he grew his hair back. Remember, he yes. like shaved it down. He started looking like that little boy off a of Toy Story there that likes to burn things <laughs> with a magnifying glass. Yeah. What, once he shaved his head, he started to struggle a little bit. So he let the locks kind of come back. We're seeing that year. Now, the difference between Josh Allen and Herbert is actually considerable, surprisingly. Allen has 393 fantasy points. Herbert, QB2, 267, which was a bit of a surprise, that that gap between the two, because I wasn't expecting Josh Allen. The rushing, right? It is the rushing touchdowns he adds to that, (laughs) all that other fun stuff that comes with it. But speaking of fun stuff, we're going to take a little bit of a quick look back on what the bold prediction from 2021 from our show earlier on fantasy points, which, by the way, we are proudly brought to by the Fantasy Points Media Group. Tara, your bull prediction, Aaron Jones as the overall RB1. I don't know if it, don't, don't try to pick that up. All right, Michael Jackson. I don't know if it said overall. Technically, oh, no, as I, I read re-walking. it, I mean, She's as I read it, I could interpret it as Aaron Jones RB1 range as well. So technically speaking, I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, I'm pretty sure I'd go back. I think we go back to the clip. 
I think we can go back and pull that clip on that show because I think we did ask for clarification on that too. Pretty calm. Yeah, she still left it very that. vague for us. She she's good. At, that's what I said. She should run for president because she knows how to keep things vague. She's going to tell us that she forgot to put the extra one in that as the RB11. Uh, I, yes. I would be fantastic running as president. I'd be, you know, giving you facts and doing this kind of oh, motion the all the time. Thing, as I like it. <laughs> well, nothing well, everything while we're piling on Tara here, tell the people what your prediction was. I'm going to let you do that, Matt, because I think you're just going to enjoy it a little bit more than me. Oh, I, I definitely enjoy it. There's no doubt about it. I, I enjoy the suffering. And I had Jamin, Jameis Winston will win. The MVP of the Canadian Football League. <laughs> Which he still did not do. <laughs> no, at the beginning, but hey, that first game, I had you guys. You guys were in that first game. Oh, yeah, I know that 186 yards. I was shaking in my boots on that. <laughs> he beat Aaron Rodgers, though. Like, remember, I won that at the beginning. That was a good old memory. Aaron has but, yeah, been on I, vacation. I think his LASIK surgery kind of went awry as it, like, <laughs> regressed as he played so each game it got worse and worse so yeah I, is this it for him is he done now like what's going on what do you guys think he'll get uh, i think he'll get another i think he'll get another shot he's the best quarterback on that saints roster yeah. right now uh, i think he's still better than Taysom hill he's definitely better than uh trevor simeon unless the saints are going out there and make a bold move like a russell wilson or i'm gonna go draft i think they have to go draft i, I mean there's We'll get into the draft show a little bit later, but there's no quarterback in in this draft that I believe is going to be a difference maker, a franchise Sleepers. quarterback. I mean, Malik Willis, sleeper. Sam Howell, eh. We were talking about him more, much more highly last year. Matt Carroll, some people Matt got Carroll. on board on him this year. I'm not a big yeah. fan of him either. I don't think there's that quarterback that I would take in the first round. Like When I'm looking at this quarterback group, there's not a quarterback here that I give a first-round grade to. So that's saying a whole heck of a lot right there. But there's a ton that are going to be like, it, what's the kid? It's, from a, good, it, it's a good year. Pick it. Uh, it's a good yeah. year. It's a good year for them coming out because there's a lot of, there's a lot of quarterback needy teams. Sure. <laughs> People that decided to well, come out this year right here. That's probably your smartest move to just go ahead and jump right in there and see where you can land. Well, and I think the quarterbacks coming out next year are even better. Yeah, the ones that are coming out this year. So I think there's a good reason to get out while you can because this is probably as high as your market's going to be. Now, question MJ's kitting us again here. Saints or Niners? If the Saints win and the Niners lose to the Rams, Saints are in. Now, obviously, nobody cares. Neither the Saints or the uh, Niners are going to go. will go far, but who you got? I think this – Hey, got MJ, the, you got the not Niners on my good side, bro. First you came at Terra. <laughs> and now you're coming at my now Niners, at bro. Niners. Like, what's going on right MJ, what's going on, bro? Like, we have to talk. Like, hit me up in the DM. We'll figure this out. Like, let's, let's figure this out. <laughs> so, MJ, for me, I've got the Niners winning this one. I, they've won the last five against the Rams. So, I, I like. I think the Niners have everything to everything to win. They got nothing to lose. Everything to win in this game. They got to go for it. They're going to go make the plays. This is that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Saints beat the Falcons this week. I mean, I, I like Atlanta playing spoiler here. You've got yeah. Taysom Hill. You've got, I mean, there's nothing that really scares me about the Saints where I could say, you know what? Yes, they are going to beat the Falcons. I mean, Alvin Kamara is there, but we've seen this matchup play out already once this year. You know what I mean? So I'm not sure. I feel much better about the, the Niners winning their game against the Rams because they've done it five the last five times than I do the Saints beating the Falcons. 
Yeah, I'm opposite in Saints. Sorry. Sorry, Major. Mm -hmm. Well, Tara Sorry. has, I mean, she's been wrong before. So I'm going Niners and you already know. Not as much as you. <laughs> <laughs> she said, like, so factual, I believe her, but I'm pretty sure I was right more. Like, I I'm going to throw this out here. Atlanta won. 27-25, the last time these two teams met in New Orleans. This game's in Atlanta. This is not an easy – this is not a guaranteed win for the Saints by any stretch of the imagination. It's a, it's a different matchup, though. It's a different matchup. And then, and MJ, I'm rooting hard for my Raiders. I know there's a lot of people rooting for the Chargers here. I, I don't know how this one's going to play out, honestly, but I'm hoping the Raiders pull this off because, you know what, it's been since 2016 since we, made, we were in the playoffs last. So I'm, I'm hoping for the Raiders, but, I mean, both these teams have taught their, fran their fan bases how to be disappointed <laughs> when it's all said and done. I think I'm going to um... that one. I don't know. They've been they've been incredibly shaky. So it's basically <laughs> I don't know. This it's literally a toss up. Um, Chargers have been very underwhelming, but I, I think the Chargers will, will pull it out. I think Matt, Matt, yeah, Matt Matt said it right earlier when he said like the Raiders and the Chargers fans are both kind of like just waiting for them to mess up. It's just like they they're going to Charger and, a, and Raiders are going to Raider. You know what I mean? So it's it's sad, but you know, hopefully they can overcome that soon. But yeah. Sad. And then my bold prediction from my bold prediction from preseason here, I said that Jacoby Myers would finish in the top twelve in receptions and targets, and I was pretty much laughed off the stage on this one. Look, nineteenth in receptions, twenty-first in targets, wide receiver thirty-one in fantasy. It wasn't that far off, and it was as bold Sounds as it far. gets. Sounds pretty far off. Not really. <laughs> it's literally like five points. I mean, if that's the case, then my bold prediction was correct too. I mean, Eric Jones was pretty close uh, look, to RB one. President, <laughs> she's already like trying to get in on your good stuff over here. But I think I was correct. <laughs> <laughs> was that your Obama impression right now? I thought Probably. I heard a little Obama. That was so bad. Uh, yeah. Uh... <laughs> hey, you guys are straight maniacs. Um. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. I don't think you got left off the stage though. You did on Twitter. You got roasted, um, oh, roasted got, hell on Twitter. But, but I don't think we roasted you. Why would I? Jacoby Myers was one of my was one of my players in my little videos uh, <laughs> off season. So I don't. And I'm going to keep preaching on stashing Jacoby Myers and picking up as much Jacoby Myers this off season as you possibly can get because things are only going up for him and Kendrick Bourne. I think that's a good combination, a very underrated combination for receivers. I think they're going to get some receivers in the offseason. I think it's the end for both of those guys. Possibly we know what their formula is. They're going to they they've got what they want on the offense. They're going to run the ball, they're going to play good defense and they're not going to turn over the ball. That's going to be the identity of the Patriots moving forward. Oh, that's now, true. they got Ramondre. Go ahead. What's a bold take heading into 2022, Tara? I mean, bold, not crazy, but bold. One of us is going to be right and one of us is going to be very wrong. Um, I have decently, I'd say mild, mild faith in Zach Wilson. I like what I've seen out of him um, over the past four or five games or so. Since he's come back from injury, um, it seems like he's taken a turn. I mean, you just kind of got to imagine that this was a team that was a brand new coaching staff. 
brand new game plans, brand new organizations, and a rookie quarterback thrown in with um, wide receiver core that was a little little suspect um, because to start off the season, Elijah Moore was coming off injury, so they didn't really get that chance to make those connections. So as the season went on, as he came back from injury, I'm really liking what I'm seeing out him. And I think that it's going to be a little bit better. I'm not going to be as bold as to say that he's a QB one, but I feel comfortable saying that he can be a top 15 quarterback for next year. So you're making him your Derek Carr of 2022. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what round, what round does Amonra St. Brown go in next season? Let's call it redraft. Mm-hmm. Where are you taking Amonra? I've got a very high in my dynasty rankings. I got way up there in my dynasty. Like top four rounds? Four or five rounds? Four or five? Uh, Are you – okay, let's put it this way. Are you willing to put him as a wide receiver too? Because that would put him in the first five rounds probably. Easy. I'm comfortable with that. I think Tara's got more of a wide receiver three, probably round seven. Uh, I'm more comfortable with that. Uh, I would say, no, I'll, I'll split the difference and I'll say six. I'll say like a low end wide receiver two is where I would draft him at. I just think there's a lot of that when you, when you look at the talent, um, it's going to be hard to justify drafting him over certain guys that'll fall within that same range um, with more reliable, stable quarterback situations. That'd be the only thing. So, so yeah, I would say low end RB two or wide receiver two round six or so. I like I'm, him for fantasy because the garbage time. Don't take don't 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 poo poo on the garbage time points. Like garbage time receivers and quarterbacks are my favorite thing in fantasy. Well, they don't ask you how; they ask you how many when it comes to <laughs> fantasy. It don't matter anything else. And for me, I've got him as a low end wide receiver two, a high end wide receiver three right now. I want to see what this Lions team does in the off season because I think they do address the wide receiver position because Amonra is the guy at that position. He's more of a slot guy. They need more of an outside presence. DeAndre Swift is going to be healthy. He's going to take some of that production away. So, I mean, I'm high on Amonra. I think he's a top 15 dynasty asset right now at the wide receiver position in redraft. I'm, I want to, I'm taking a wait and see approach with that. Now he also asked Hunter Renfro or Deontay Johnson this week. This is an interesting one because the Ravens secondary is not very good and they give up big plays. Steelers are still playing for a playoff spot here right now. The Raiders are playing for a playoff spot, but they're playing against a Chargers secondary. That's pretty good all season. Who do you got? I know Deontay was like, it was all right last night, or was it last night, the night before? Yeah, I was all right, but um, I'm still going to go with Deontay. I'm someone new. I I don't bench Deontay, so I I would move forward with Deontay. Yeah, this is way tougher than I thought it was going to be. They're both just like targeted so much. Um, I'm gonna go with Hunter just because uh, I, I just want to go with the Raiders. I don't know why. Something my gut is telling me to go with Hunter. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna go with Hunter too. I, I think they both have like eight catches, but I believe that Hunter will actually get more than 30 yards with his eight catches. So that's kind of where I'm leaning there. <laughs> look, look, look at the Ante's numbers. That's he had like sad. eight catches for like 28 yards last, last on Monday sad. night. So. I, I mean, feel like got that's that. an attack on Big Ben. So it, it is because you can't throw more than five yards down the field. Oof. But and then MJ kind of comes back at us here. Who's the one player you'll never draft again? 
Right now, it's Cortland Sutton because as long as Jerry oh. Judy is in Denver, I am not going anywhere near Cortland Sutton. We are talking like 1.8 receptions per game with Jerry Judy in the lineup. Cortland Sutton for me is a – I'm avoiding at all costs, especially when you're talking about Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke as the quarterback. Maybe we get maybe Aaron Rodgers there. Maybe I'll start thinking a little bit differently, but that's not going to happen, by the way. But for me, it's Cortland Sutton right now because he absolutely burned me this year. Kara? It's, uh, it's Kenny Galladay. I would not not yeah. touch him with a 10-foot pole. Never again. I will. No. Never. <laughs> and this one, uh, I'm, I don't uh This one's going to hurt a little bit, and I'm maybe lying right now. I'm going to go with Paris Campbell. Like, I love Paris Campbell. He's one of my favorite players. But he cannot stay healthy. In the preseason, he always looks amazing. He's making one-hand catches on the sideline. He's toe-tag, drag, swag, all that. He's – and then in the game, he, he plays two games and he's done. Like, But he's one of my favorite guys. Like, how I am about Ramondre, I'm saying about Paris. So, I might have to call it quits on Paris, man, this year. But – that one hurts a little bit. Well, MJ saying Mike Davis. I'll also throw Christian McCaffrey out there because I will never draft Christian McCaffrey <laughs> in the first round, and I will he'll never slide to the second round. So I'm pretty comfortable that that's never going to happen either. Now, Major, who's going to be your – what's your bull take for 2022? Yeah, I'm going to Joe Burrow will be the MVP. Uh, I mentioned Justin Herbert a little bit earlier. Like he's, I think he's the best quarterback in the league, but Joe – it's just so cool. You see him in the last week in the locker room. He's smoking a cigar. He's dancing. He he just the swag is going to win him the MVP. And those those plays to Jamar Chase and T Higgins, like those fifty yard bombs. He if they put that all together, everyone stays healthy. He's going to be that guy. He has the personality for it, and he has the arm for it. So I'm going Joe Burrow. I'm just glad his knee was healthy enough to dance in the change room, uh, in the dressing room. I mean, he was just kind of doing a top part. He was here like this. He wasn't doing no – the legs were still. It wasn't yeah, as far as Odell on that torn ACL. <laughs> or not uh, Odell, sorry, Jameis. <laughs> yeah, that, that was some pretty nice uh, dance moves that Jameis pulled out there. But for me, I'm going to toss – I'm going to give you some spicy takes here because – Zach Wilson will not be a top 15 quarterback for the New York Jets because Ooh. Russell Wilson will be a New York Jet. Yeah, going to Manhattan, baby. We are going to see Russell Wilson in Gotham. Maybe he'll be the new Batman for the New York Jets. Or maybe TJ Watt gets 25 sacks next year and breaks the record again. Or, 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 or Jonathan Taylor goes back to back with the MVP award. Oh, that's some Are you spice. adding stuff with John Taylor? No. I am. I, I'm giving everything here because yeah, he's just trying to increase his odds because one of them. I mean, literally, Dr. <laughs> Taylor is not going to happen. John so Taylor so has to win the first one first. So, hey, so if Zach Wilson ends up in Seattle, is he still top fifteen? You actually might actually have a better chance at that. Yeah, exactly. I was just about to say that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So if he ends up with DK and Tyler Lockett, yeah, um, feel pretty good about that one. <laughs> He's a little bit closer Versus, to home. Yeah. I think he's yeah. good. <laughs> That's actually a good trade, man. I'll think about it. <laughs> it could work for both teams. It really could. Now, we are in the new year. We're officially in 2022. We're still in the 2021 fantasy season. But it's always a good time to look back, reflect, and then project forward with a good old-fashioned New Year's resolution Tara, what is that New Year's resolution for you? And what does it mean 
Um, you know, for me, it's important to make a uh, resolution that really matters. It's not only to me, but to the team as a whole. It makes us all better. And my New Year's resolution is to debate more players with Major and continue my streak of dominance of being correct compared to him. And I just think it's what really benefits the show as a whole. So, um, yeah, that's my, that's my New Year's resolution. Love you, Major. Well... I just like how she likes to debate you on this because she already knows that she's already won every debate with me, or she knows that, you, or she's not or she's about you anymore. Actually, I think the truth is she knows better than to debate with me. There it is. There it you is. Never get in. You no, listen up, Bill. Here's some words of wisdom for anyone in fantasy football right now that's looking for a good pearl of wisdom. You never get in an argument with an idiot because they will bring you down. No, listen, listen. I'm not done yet. You never get in an, in an argument with an idiot because they will bring you down to their level and then beat you with experience. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about that last time, part. You remember that, that time that like you like swore up and down I was wrong about Cedric Wilson against the Raiders and I was right. So yeah, you tried to bring me down, but I was still up there. So I don't, I don't, I don't think you're, I don't think you're right on this. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> oh no, I'm an idiot. I'm 100 confident <laughs> in that. Now, you can have one of these three, this combination here. Would you rather have Herbert, Eckler, or Allen? Burroughs, Chase, sorry, uh, Burroughs, Mixon, Chase, or Rogers, Jones, Adams? What's your your preferred three stack here? Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for youth and experience, I think you have to go with the Bengals there because, yeah. I mean, Herbert and Burroughs, it's a scratch. Rogers is on the back nine here, let's be honest. Uh, Adams, I mean, there's not much of a gap, I think, between Adams and uh, Burrow uh, and Chase to begin with. So then when you look at the other one being Mixon, I know he's got Higgins written there, uh, Mixon with Eckler. I mean, I, I, I like Mixon. I think we're talking about a RB1 there. So you got an RB1, a wide receiver one, and a QB1, all in one guaranteed spot for the foreseeable futures there. So I think you got to go with the uh, Bengals combination. Major, what is that New Year's resolution to you? And I can't even do this with a straight face. Seriously? Really? I'm going to continue just to be awesome. Like you, you guys every week hear me run down all of my hits all the time. I, I get them right. I don't know how I do it. It just comes to me in my sleep and I wake up like, oh, I need to select this, write this down. It's I'm a savant when it comes to this football stuff. Like most people like study and write. I don't even watch football. I just wake up and it comes to me. <laughs> I'm just awesome at this, guys. And I just enjoy sharing the knowledge with knowledge with you guys and just trying to make you guys better. You know what I'm saying? Like that's all it is. What is what wait, Matt? What are you writing down? When Matt's writing something, I get afraid. <laughs> you probably should be afraid because. What I write, I don't even know what I'm going to write. I if think you he just timestamped this right now. Funny, funny story. Whenever you see one of the videos I do, there's a whole script, and I start to read it, and then I quit because I can't read. So I don't know why I'm even <laughs> writing anything. On the but the truth is, if a tree falls in a forest, doesn't make a sound. If Major makes yes. a prediction, but no one actually hears it or sees it, did it actually exist? Everyone that is the question it, I pose. And everyone yeah. sees it. Well, no, we hear about it after, yeah. but I mean, do we ever hear about it before it comes to fruition here? Tara, what are you got to do is look back. All you got to do is look back. I mean, the haters are going to hate. A, a great poet once said, you know, but um, 
I don't know. I, it, it comes easy. You know, I, I enjoy that you guys try your best. And you guys really work hard at this. And it's so effortless for me. I, it's, you know, I get it. I get it. But Matt, Matt, what, what are you doing? What's your resolution? <laughs> well, my resolution is to continue to provide good fantasy analysis here. In and out. Actually, that's not on a rope. But I want to get to MJ's next question. Russell Gage versus the Saints. DJ Moore against Tampa Bay. Who are you selecting? Both of these quarterbacks are trash. Both there the Saints and the Buccaneers are allowing 34 points per game to the hmm. uh, wide receiver position. So it's pretty even on that. Um, I would <sighs> lean toward – I might lean towards Russell Gage again. I think he's been – yeah, we say shaky quarterback situation, but Matt Ryan can play up when he needs to. I don't think that is the case for Sam Darnold. And on top of that, uh, you don't want to run on the Saints. And <laughs> it's not like Atlanta is really running the ball regardless. So I think that pass game kind of gets a bump up there. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm leading it's Russell Gage here against the Saints. Opportunity, better, better quarterback. I'll take Matt Ryan over Cam Newton when it comes to slinging that ball around. I mean, I think the I think the Falcons have a better offense in general than what the Carolina Panthers have shown the last little while. So give me Russell Gage. I'm going Gage. Gage, are you in agreement? Yeah, you guys both had all the points. Yeah, Gage. So for me, my New Year's resolution is to be more open-minded when it comes to that running back position. I'm an old school, old dinosaur kind of when it comes to fantasy analysis. I grab a running back the first two rounds kind of guy. One of the things I want to try next year, and it feels dirty to even say, like it doesn't feel right, is take that kind of that zero RB strategy. I, I'll never be a zero RB guy. I can't do it. So no, maybe a more modified, on, take a more modified zero RB thing where I take a running back around one or round two, that kind of anchor RB, and then kind of go back. Because we've seen a lot of dynasty, a lot of fantasy championships were won this week with Sony Michelle, Daryl Williams, these running backs that were grabbed off the waiver wire. That zero RB mantra kind of was kind of true there to a degree. So maybe take more of an anchor running back approach where I get that big stud, that Jonathan Taylor in the first round, and then pile on those wide receivers because we're seeing what these wide receivers are putting up for numbers, and then grab some running backs around seven, eight a little bit later. That's kind of what I'm looking at here. So that's uh, kind of what I Ryan Ta- Ryan Tannehill versus Tennessee, Ben Roethlisberger versus Baltimore. Tannehill. Yeah, Tannehill. I don't. Big Ben can't throw anymore. Is this a sad, drunk, drunk punch boxer? And I, I would agree with that. I'm going with Tannehill a little bit here too because once if the Kansas City Chiefs win on Saturday, that's going to put a little bit of pressure on the Titans, and you know they're going to have to keep. They're going to have to play. It's not going to be a gimme there for them. So they're going to have to go. And I think the Texans. They're going to put some points up on the board on the Titans too because that secondary of the Titans isn't that good. Look for Brandon Cooks to have a big week this week. Now. The other part of my thing here is to just continue to build up those around you, help promote analysts within the community. I mean, some of the biggest biggest mistakes you make is being blinded by yourself and what you're trying to accomplish and this and that. Sometimes you have to stop, take a look around, and appreciate those around you who have allowed you to become a better analyst. And I'm looking here on the screen at two individuals who have helped me become a better analyst myself, both Tara and Major. And, I mean – Thanks to Clubhouse, I guess, is the best way to put it because, I mean, that was just – I don't even use Clubhouse. I don't even know if Clubhouse exists anymore. Right. The greatest thing that ever came – You guys left the me. It's all thing, good. The greatest thing that ever came out of Clubhouse was both Major and Tara because that's kind of where you guys got your first little bit there 
uh, fantasy analysis coming into a bigger thing. And I mean, majors going on to bigger and better things there with fantasy points there, that daily show on Sundays, Tara's all over the place going on to bigger and better things as well. So, I mean, to help continue to build others around you and watch others grow is just something that I love to do. And I want to continue to do it into the new year. So for me, that's kind of where great I'm going. Job. You have a great eye for talent, man. Not just saying, not saying that because you just you're, saying that you're there. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. Because no, I remember when you hit me up and you was like, Hey, who's this Tara girl? Like you was like on it early, you know? So yeah, man, it's, um, yeah, you, you have a good eye for talent, man. And just, and I see what you're doing with Spitz picks and all that stuff. Like you, you, you're, you have an eye, man. I always tell you the greatest producer. I think you're uh, selling yourself short on that part, but um, yeah, you got it. Well, there's another saying: those who can't do teach, right? That's how we kind of work with this. So <laughs> that's kind of that's what look at it. it's. I mean, like I said, it all comes down to building up those around you. There's people trying to get in into the fantasy community each and every day, trying to get that analysis out there. We do the Behind the Grind show, which is one of my favorite best, shows that we do. Best show. With some of the people who have accomplished some of the greatest things in the fantasy industry, in media, in, in pro football. And, and just to kind of see their journey and what it took them and how they accomplished it and how we can learn from that and build upon it going forward. So that's kind of where we're at there. And that's what I want to continue to do. I want to continue to push that Behind the Grind series and continue to help those accomplish great things here when it's all said and done with that being said i think we're pretty much all done here we're almost pushing two hours into Whoa. the show here right now which definitely did not feel like it it felt like we were going rapid fire which we all know <laughs> does not exist on this show we preach rapid fire but it never comes to be true any week and wentz versus jacksonville matt ryan versus the saints you know what i'm gonna go with matt ryan against the saints because i don't think I think they're just going to run the ball in Jacksonville all day long. Yeah. Well, wait, what's the other option? You said Matt Ryan and who else? Hmm. Uh, Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan? I'm still on Wentz. Yeah, I'm going Wentz as well. I guess I'm the lone wolf on this one. So with that, <laughs> I say, oh, and that is it for the Dynasty Vipers Viper cast brought to you by the Fassy Points Media Group. We will see you next week like we see you every week. And stay tuned for the Behind the Grind series. We'll kick off here in just a few short weeks away. You're not going to want to miss that. Mm. Again, head over to FastyPoints.com and take advantage of that subscription that they got going here right now, that kind of off-season deal. You will not regret it because there's all kinds of information for a very low price. So get on it today. See you later.